Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, July 27th. Happy Travel Tuesday out there, folks. I hope you are doing some traveling coming up soon. On today's show, we're going to be talking travel trends from the past week, as we always do. And additionally, we'll be talking summer travel trends. But before I bring on today's guest, though, a quick note to my travel advisor listeners out there. Do you want to get smarter? I know you do. Yes. So head over to TravelAgentAcademy.com where you can become a specialist in a number of different courses between destinations, cruises, hotels, tours, luxury services, and more. That's TravelAgentAcademy.com. And now joining me on the podcast is John Maddox with KHM. John, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Eric. I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Yeah, John is a longtime listener. I've quoted him a few times on the show from his feedback and uh, post on Twitter and things like that. So really appreciate you taking the time to to jump on. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, man. So I uh, I have a little different background than most travel advisors. I actually started, uh, because I'm a master of timing, I started in February of 2020, um, came out of the IT world. Uh, and I love my whys because I got tired of everybody not wanting to see me come in because usually when the IT guy comes in, there's always a problem. So went on a cruise, fell in love with it, and decided I wanted to make people feel the way I felt that day. And uh, like I said, opened a travel agency, Travel by John, affiliated with KHM, uh, February 1st of February of 2020. And then, uh, I don't know, I don't think anything happened major, just, you know, uh. a little global pandemic in the middle of all this. But uh, yeah, so um, still excited about travel and took last year to really learn a completely new industry for me. And again, just excited to help people feel those same special connections that I feel with travel. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of time to learn last year um, as a lot was going on and a lot still going on in the world of travel. John and I are going to talk about summer travel trends uh, later on in the show. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel in the last week, as this is a weekly podcast here, we begin with cruise news as the uh, U.S. appeals court lifted the CDC cruise ship restrictions in Florida. So the back and forth continues here. However, the CDC did say in a statement on Tuesday today that all Florida porting ships have chosen to voluntarily follow the conditional sailing order. Um, we Norwegian Cruise Line was back at sea finally this week with passengers and Disney Cruise Line finally announced that it'll return to service out of U.S. ports on August 9th. However, masks will be required on those sailings. So, you know, the big news, obviously, is the, the appeals court there, that back and forth going on in Florida. You and I have talked a little bit about this offline a bit. But, uh, John, you know, you're big into cruising. You fell in love with it. You sell you sell them. Uh, you were just on one recently. So first I got to ask, you know, what is your take on this whole back and forth between Florida and the CDC? It's just, it's crazy that an entire industry has been, you know, like everything else in the last year and a half, politicized. And it's just so wild because I believe it was on, what, Saturday that the appeals court said they granted the stay so that that meant the order lasted, you know, as long as it did. And then they came back two days later and said, oh, no, no, well, we've changed our minds. Uh, we're not going to do that. But, it, you know, a lot of it, to me, it feels like a lot of political grandstanding, Um and not a lot of thought about how many jobs are at stake and and livelihoods are at stake. And, you know, not just the folks that work at the port, but folks like me, other travel advisors, folks in call centers with the cruise lines, like it affects a lot of jobs. And it's just, it's disappointing because, you know, the CDC for all their faults, I think they really do look out for our public health, but they also probably overstep their bounds uh, quite a bit with this restrictive conditional sale order. So, just ready to see some resolution to this and get everything kind of behind us and get things back to quote normal as soon as possible. 
Definitely. I'm with you there, John. I think it's time to move forward and, and get this going. Uh, cruise lines are doing the best they can. And uh, with moving forward, you know, they really don't want unvaccinated guests on board. And they've kind of made that clear with how they've outlined what's going to happen if you are unvaccinated and you get on a ship. So that's what they're doing at the moment. But, you know, this back and forth is is certainly interesting to watch all unfold. And I hope that, you know, we can push forward here and we can get the cruise industry going back and, and getting back into a strong position than it was beforehand. So you were recently on a cruise. So tell us, um, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be on a cruise next week. So I'm interested to get your thoughts here a little bit. Uh, tell us, what was it? Uh, where, where'd you go? How was that experience? Um, I'll be on carnival Mardi Gras next week. So uh, I'm looking forward to finally cruising again. What can I expect? Yeah. So I was on the carnival breeze. I went on their inaugural sailing, uh, July 15th out of Galveston, just a simple little four day cruise to Cozumel. Um, it was, to be perfectly blunt, I was really surprised at how normal it was. Um, you know, you had to obviously wear a mask your entire time in the terminal and you had to mask up until you got on the ship and then you didn't have to wear a mask. You know, there was even the joke that John Heald was saying, when you walk on the ship, rip off your mask and go yippee. And three or four people did that. But for the most part, um, it was normal. A couple of kind of exceptions to that were, we were probably at about 60 to 70%. It's really hard to judge on a 4,000 person ship how many people are on there. Um, I would guess 25 to 2,600. That's just a guess. Um, and I will caution people if you are unvaccinated and you want to get one of the exemptions with Carnival Requires, there were probably, I asked a couple people, and there were probably less than 100 people on board. Uh, that were not fully vaccinated and 95% of those were children. So, um, but you know, the buffets were, were normal for the first day. And we were told that some of the crew was just coming out of quarantine. Thursday was their last day. So Friday, the service got much better. They were much more fully staffed. I would call the buffets assisted. Uh, there were parts of it that you could just go up and take. But then I noticed like if they would stack things too deep, you know, there are two trays, somebody behind the glass would give you whatever was in that tray furthest from you. So uh, constant cleaning, constant wiping things down. Uh, people were mindful. I feel like we kind of socially distanced ourselves a little bit, except at the piano bar, but you know, that kind of comes with that territory, but uh, yeah, it was a good experience. It felt normal other than, uh, you know, when you get on, when you come into the terminal, I think I showed my vaccination card three times and then I had to take my temperature and they took my little lovely picture right before uh, you walk on. That's kind of the last step. To me, that should have been maybe first. The temperature checks maybe should have been right at the first, but they were the ne the very last thing before you walked up the gangway. But yeah, I mean, it, it was normal, you know, just it was great in a lot of ways because it was less crowded. You know, there was no uh, 8 a.m. dash for the deck chair, uh, you know, didn't see a lot of towels and towel animals and backpacks laying on the deck. But yeah, so it was a, a great experience. Now in Cozumel, you do have to wear masks. So when we got off the ship, we were required to put a mask on and you had to keep it on the entire time you were in port. Uh, I went to Mr. Sancho's beach club and uh, they required it, except when you were eating, drinking in the pool or in the ocean or getting a massage. So pretty much no mask. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you were in port, you had to wear a mask. So that's just something to be mindful of. And I also ask poor guests to be respectful of that. When you are in a foreign port, you are in a foreign country. So it's important for us to kind of abide by those rules that they have. Yes, it was hot. Yes, it was inconvenient. But it's all about keeping cruising going and being safe. But yeah, totally normal experience for me. Uh, didn't really feel that different. 
Gotcha. So yeah, some things are a bit different when you arrive, but as far as the cruise itself, it's it's feeling like old times and you can still have a great time and have a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to my cruise next week, um, provided internet is going strong on there. I will have a podcast on that um, experience next week, live from the Carnival Mardi Gras. So um, I'm glad you had a good time, John. Uh, moving over to destination news, though. Officials are warning against Las Vegas travel amid the COVID-19 Delta variant surge. And through at least August 17th, all employees of resorts, casinos, and other businesses in Vegas must be masked while on the job. Guests, however, are not included in the order. So they're doing what they can to kind of protect their workers there, but guests, uh, they still want guests to come in and pay money. But um, yeah, in another popular U.S. destination is experiencing kind of similar things uh, with reacting to the Delta variant surge. Now, health experts are saying that Hawaii's safe travels program may not be lifted this year at all. Uh, about a month ago, you know, we'd seemed like we were going to be uh, actually less than a month now, like 20 days ago, uh, we got where, you know, we can have a, it's an easier process to get into Hawaii if you're vaccinated, but they're waiting for that 70% vaccination mark of Hawaii residents to be able to lift the entire safe travels program. But uh, now that doesn't appear that it may happen at all this year. Um, you're still going to find mask rules indoors that are in place um, until that safe travels program is lifted and we, we do have new data that came out this morning i got a press release on it from longwoods international that does indicate uh, through a survey that the rise in the delta variant is causing concern amongst some travelers so it's you know we're unfortunately shifting into now the focus of being uh, around the delta variant impacting travel now and hope you know months and months ago we kind of thought all right you know once we can get through the summer here we, sh- we should be back to smooth sailing but it doesn't appear that's going to be the case no and you know it's really tough because what we're hearing from public health officials is that we are at the optional portion of the pandemic, which means we should get vaccinated. Um, don't really want to get into all that, but you know, that's proven to be the the best way to go. And, and, you know, what you said about Las Vegas is a bit unnerving because it's just a continuation of what I feel have been a lot of half measures. You know, if you're going to require your staff to be masked, then why not the guest? It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't really make much sense. Um, but, you know, look, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. We're all doing the best we can because, thankfully, none of us have ever experienced anything like this. And may, hopefully we never do again. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And people, I just say, you're just going to be flexible. I mean, that you know, that's the that's my word of the year is flexibility. You it know, last key. year it was social distancing. It's flexibility <laughs> yeah. this year. And just be prepared for change. Definitely, yeah. But I guess, you know, people are getting a little smarter. Uh, remember, if you remember last year, people boycotted Corona beer, but now nobody is, due to the coronavirus being new, uh, nobody's boycotting Delta Airlines for the Delta variant. So I guess kudos to those people that got a little smarter. <laughs> uh, if, we, if we've learned anything through the pandemic, it's that Corona beer doesn't cause the coronavirus. Right, yeah. Their, their sales plummeted last summer, but I think they're doing all right now. They've I've, I constantly see their ads on TV. Uh, love the ones with Snoop Dogg, but... Uh, Continuing on with destination news, internationally, the CDC and the U.S. State Department have put Spain and Portugal at a level four do not travel recommendation. Uh, They've updated a number of different, it was a couple weeks ago they did for the U.K. too. Uh, So they're just constantly updating these as the Delta variant takes uh, a hold of different destinations. And that's probably why the White House, and pretty much is why the White House so far has decided not to lift COVID-related travel restrictions anytime soon as a report came out of that of the White House this past weekend, basically saying that, you know, Americans, you can go to, over to Europe and stuff, but we're not going to let Europeans come here into America yet. So it remains to be seen when that'll happen. Um, the U.S. government did extend, extend the land border closure with Canada and Mexico. You know, if you listen to last week's show, you heard that August 9th was the date that Canada decided to open up, but 
A couple of days later, U.S. Uh, turned around and said, "Nah, we're going to make it August 21st. So they do what they want, you know. Um, but Canada is reopening soon. It's just a little bit later for uh, what the American date set on on August 21st there. So we do also uh, news out of this morning of the UK is that an announcement is expected to come later this week uh, for specific dates on reopening tourism to vaccinated U.S. travelers for the UK. So keep it locked to Travel Pulse for all the destination news there as a lot has been going on. So my question to you, John, though, is how surprised are you that the U.S. still isn't allowing international travelers to enter, even though we can go over there? Not at all. I mean, it's just it's par for the course. The, you know, the the whole left hand not talking to the right hand and, and you know, not knowing, you know, not sitting down with Boris Johnson or Justin Trudeau, um, you know, and just saying, hey, let's come up with a plan together, even if it means September 15th or even if it means October 15th. Like, let's let's come up with a plan together so that we at least look like a united front and it makes it easier on travelers, travel advisors, uh, these tour companies, tour operators, the cruise lines, the, the airlines. It's it's just an amalgamation of just different regulations and different dates. And I had somebody call me the other day. They said, well, Canada's opening. I'm like, well, kind of, because you still can't go to Canada across the land border. So it's just it's just a continuation of the problem we've had from day one with this. Just no communication. And, you know, the countries are, are some are playing, quote, scared, playing it safe. Some are just, you know, the same. It Look, Eric, it's a continuation of what we see in the U.S., right? You know, Tennessee and Georgia kind of been the same this whole time. But if you go to Maryland, it's been a completely different world or Virginia has been different. It's just it's really hard for people to get a handle on things when the restrictions are different, literally 15 miles apart, let alone across an international border. Absolutely. Yes. And you mentioned Tennessee. I didn't say this earlier. John is from um, from based in Memphis, Tennessee, if you couldn't tell uh, that he's in the south based on that wonderful accent there. Um, but yes. It, that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it is what it is, and I hope soon that, you know, the borders will all be reopened, but with this Delta variant, it kind of remains a mystery, and we're back to this whole guessing game of, well, hopefully it'll be this time. Hope We hope, you know, and that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately. And more indications of that over in air travel news. Um, the House has passed a bill requiring the TSA to develop improved COVID-19 related protocols. Uh, feels like this should have been done sooner. I don't know. I mean, they have protocols in place, but now they want more more strict stuff. So if the legislation becomes law, it directs that the TSA to work with the CDC and Department of Health and Human Services on a strategy to reduce the spread of coronavirus at passenger screening checkpoints and among agency personnel. The TSA would need to increase the frequency of disinfecting surfaces in security checkpoint areas, require officers to wear masks and gloves, and open additional checkpoint lanes to reduce wait times for travelers. Um, this, you know, plus the rise in the Delta variant and the labor shortage going on right now and the TSA earlier this summer issued was, you know, uh, promoting bonuses to sign up because uh, they desperately needed workers, you know, all this combined. Kind of starting to think that there's a chance that that mask mandate might be extended beyond September. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, I, I'll be very, very surprised if it's not extended at least through the end of the year. Maybe again, depending on the variant Delta variant, but into the first part of next year. And you know, you're right, Eric. This should have been done in April of 2020 or May of 2020. You know that that you know, let's put some rules in place and then don't come out and go. Well, we need to be stricter. Well, we are hopefully once we get past this surge, we're at the tail end of this, and now we're trying to make strict more strict rules and just. 
I don't know. It's just a continuation again of the problem we've had of communication and and not um, not aligning our statements. And and you know, if Congress wants improved rules so bad, then why don't they pass you know the improved rules? You know why why now what they're doing is they're given a blank. You know they're going to be able to when they if they don't work things. Oh well, the TSA did that and the CDC did that. But you know that's kind of the dichotomy. The a federal appeals court said the CDC can't be trusted to regulate the cruise lines or they're overstepping their bounds. But then Congress says, well, CDC, you've got to regulate airlines more heavily. So just as the kids say, make it make sense. Right. Yes, I love that. Yeah, make it make sense. It's it's all over the place in the travel industry. Uh, just kind of wrapping up here, what's been trending in the last week, the AirlinesRatings.com released their annual World's Best Airlines in 2021 Cutter Airways took the top spot um, here in the Americas categories. Uh, Southwest was named the best low fare carrier and United was named the best long haul carrier. Uh, But when it comes to overall rankings and there are a number of different outlets and stuff that put together world rankings and safety rankings and things like that, the U.S. is typically uh, outranked by other airlines around the globe. Uh, John, what what do you think the major U.S. airlines really need to do to, to earn a higher world ranking? Well, I think it's like any business. I think their customer service has to improve. And, you know, I I don't I don't have the answer to how that happens in an airline. But, you know, the the days of folks sitting on a tarmac for four or five hours and and now you got folks getting to the airport and their flights have been canceled and nobody told anybody. And and I'm not going to pick on airlines by name, American. But, you know, (laughs) it's just been one of those things that Yes, and especially, although I think kind of doing an airline rating over the last year and a half is probably kind of silly because everybody's kind of stunk it up a little bit because, again, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. But, you know, historically, there's a reason Southwest is number one. They've always had the best customer service. They've always taken care of their customers. They've always, you know, handled problems and and try to handle, as you like to call them, naughty passengers with, you know, a little less fanfare and you know, the big boys are just going to have to figure out how to improve that customer service because that's it. It's, you know, not communicating with customers and, and, you know, just canceling flights and not being open and transparent. I mean, I I think that's where it starts is transparency and telling people before you book a flight, Hey, we're short 500 pilots. So, you know, not that this flight may not go, but just, you know, they just need to be honest too. Like as travel agents or advisors, we have to be, you know, we have to be honest to our clients and say, Hey, you know, don't fly from here to here because that flight's been late 27 times and you'll miss your connection. So it just starts to me with transparency and openness. And, you know, the fares are what the fares are. I don't I don't sell much international air, so I don't know how our fares compare. But, you know, I think people will pay for air travel as long as they feel like they're valued as a customer. Yeah, and that they're going to get a good experience altogether. And the customer service is, is key. So I think that is a great point there, John. So that pretty much wraps up what is trending in travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. So now John and I are going to dive into the theme of this week's show is still around trending. What is trending this summer? Summer travel trends. So John, what are you seeing this summer for travel trends and the types of travel out there? I would say 90% of my bookings are for 2022 and beyond. Um, I had of a few this summer. Uh, that were booked towards the beginning of this year when everything was, you know, kind of rolling along towards what we thought was the conclusion. I've had a couple of people push back. Um, what I have this summer is same thing we had last year, Mexico. Uh, although now you can cruise, you have cruises in there, but most, not a lot of these 14, 15 day cruises, a lot of four day, five day, 
I just want to get out and about close to home. Again, it's the same theory as last year, stay, stay closer to home. But I think people are a little more comfortable traveling internationally right now. I, I think people are shying away a little bit from Europe. I don't sell a ton of Europe, but I think people are shying away a little bit because of what we talked about earlier with everything changing. They say, look, I can go to Miami and get on a ship and have a great time or I can go to Orlando or Galveston, and get on a ship or Seattle now and have a great time and spend less money and have a great, you know, at least salvage something of a vacation. And then one of the other things that's kind of complicating this thing is the mess with passports right now. I think that, you know, has a lot to do with what's trending because if you don't have a passport, you're not getting one. So it's going um, to take it's been some time. mostly yeah. close to home, you know, yeah, it's close to home and, and cruising and, and some all inclusives in Mexico and Jamaica, uh, pretty standard, you know, just not a lot of the long haul trips, not a lot of the quote bucket list trips they're still getting pushed off yeah definitely we're seeing a lot of focus to 2022 for it's going to be a big summer next next year no doubt but yeah a lot of the european or asia travel markets is is focused towards 2022 and beyond just because there is so much unknown right now and and we're definitely seeing more and more from um the caribbean and mexico the numbers continue to rise they keep pushing out um those press releases about how that what they're seeing they're they're very optimistic for the summer and and moving forward too. the uh, caribbean tourism organization just pushed that out um that they're guardedly optimistic so it's it's good signs there you know u.s air travel numbers are are on the rise as well um we've had multiple days with over two million passengers being screened by the tsa so domestic travel is is definitely the big travel trend this summer and like you say you know kind of staying close to home and and maybe those four to five day trips uh, happening a little bit, but I think, you know, there have been some week long ones and there's been some, I think of the luxury, if you, if you have the money to, you're, you're seeing, that's where you're seeing the longer trips right now. But, uh, for, for your average Americans, I think, yeah, you're, you're getting maybe the full week trip and maybe you're getting all the family together. Or you're just going to grandma's house or you're, you're meeting up with, you know, grandma and grandpa at a different place or, you know, your full family stuff is, is kind of what we're seeing a lot um, through that, at least for, for, for family-wise, you know, uh, millennials and Gen Zs are, are just meeting up with each other. Um, although they're, you know, millennial, fam- millennial families out there do, um, setting up for some multi-gen uh, travel too with, with the boomers out there. So um, bookings continuing yeah. to rise. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, and, and I will tell you that that was one thing I sort of noticed on the cruise, um, you know, cruising and, and our friend Emma from the UK has the channel. Cruising is not just for old people, but it kind of has this reputation of, being an older set. And um, I didn't find that to be true on this cruise. You know, Carnival is kind of a younger. Yeah. I was going to say you're on Carnival. So you're, yeah, you're likely to see that more on Carnival. Yeah. But it was, it was quite a bit younger. There were, let me, there were fewer older people than I usually have encountered or or seen. So it was a bit younger and it was a lot of uh, mother, daughter, uh, you know, dad and son, just a lot of family trips. And um, you know, but just, it was a little different than I expected. You know, they're, I would be willing to bet there wasn't anybody on that ship older than 65. I mean, maybe one or two people, but it was a much younger set than I was used to seeing. Yeah, interesting. That's that's good for the cruise industry, though. You got a lot of young young passengers out there that are you, uh, jumping on some deals right now, too, especially that are excited to get out and go out. And hopefully that bodes well for the future of the cruise industry there. So we are seeing bookings continue to rise around a lot of places. American Express Travel just released um, their information. They, they say that bookings are 95% of uh 2019 levels so that's a really good uh sign for a big brand there too so any specific uh destinations that are trending the most for for your clients or that you've just seen out there uh mexico of course if if they want to travel internationally mexico is always a hit especially you know um 
since I'm in the east, the Cancun, Riviera Maya side. Um, you know, cruising's taken off a little bit, but they again, it's a lot of Mexico. Uh, domestically, I'm very close to the Alabama and Florida Gulf Coast. I'm, you know, Destin 30A. That's kind of the we joke here locally and call that the Redneck Riviera because that's where everybody here likes to go. PCB, Panama City Beach. Um, so those are good. And and I've had quite a few requests for mountain cabins. You know, we're about six and a half hours from Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is a a Mecca. Branson, Missouri is about five and a half hours, six hours away. Uh, so a lot of that. And, and Eric, your point's dead on a lot of, hey, let's get the family together and let's meet in Gatlinburg. And instead of going to Europe this year, let's go rent a cabin for a week in Gatlinburg and just do something different, you know? So yeah, that's kind of been, as far as domestically, it's been the obvious for Memphis anyway, the obvious locations of Alabama Gulf Coast, Gulf, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, Destin, Panama City. Uh, I've sent a couple people to Myrtle Beach. It's just not a, it's not a big destination for us because it's a little far, but yeah, just a lot of beach and mountains, you know, and, and the problem is you're not getting a lot of great deals right now because everybody owns these Airbnbs and VRBOs. They, they, you know, they know that demand is up. So, you know, the, the deals, you know, you can frankly, right now, if you wanted to take a family of four uh, on vacation and you all had passports, you would actually come out cheaper going to Mexico than you would trying to rent in Destin, Florida and be on the beach. Yeah. Those, a significant those, amount. Yeah. I think you're going to find better deals first for all inclusive resorts too, because they do know that Americans are, you know, hitting the, hitting the U S travel scene much more this year than, than previous because of the whole, you know, you got to take a test to come back into the U S and, and all and deal with all of that. So I think you might find better deals with um, all inclusives and yeah, it's tough to, to find deals right now. It kind of leads into my next question of, you know, what options do travelers seeking a last minute summer trip have right now? Or, or are they better off putting their focus to the fall and winter? Because a lot of the deals, like you said, they're, are tough to find. If, if you didn't already have a, your travel plan set, you know, if you didn't book back in January, February, and the, when those deals were there, you know, what are your options right now? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that you, I ask, I ask my clients two questions. Number one, are you vaccinated? Number two, do you have your passports? Because that really determines your options. You know, gone are the days that I could send my passport out today and get it back by the end of August and go on a trip at Labor Day. Um, you know, so that leaves you with basically cruising. Um, if you have passports on inclusive resorts um, and, you know, the Airbnb Verbo route, I mean, those, those are the three kind of options you have. Um, and again, it's all about risk, right? And we all have to measure our own level of comfort and our own level of risk. Like I will tell you that had the Carnival Cruise not been 95% vaccinated, I would not have gone personally. That's, But that's a personal choice. It's my decision. And that's what I ask my clients. You know, what is your, you know, what, what's your risk thinking? You know, what, what are you comfortable with? Because if you go to an all-inclusive in Mexico, and even if you're fully vaccinated and you somehow test positive, you're stuck and you're there for 10, 14 days and there's going to be financial ramifications and just logistical nightmares. But, you know, so that's my first question to a client is what is your level of risk? Am I saying that everybody that goes to Mexico comes back with COVID? No, but just know that going in, there's a shot, you know, I've put off a couple honeymoons this summer because frankly, you don't want this as kind of your honeymoon experience, right? Like you don't want this to be, you know, masked up and, and can't go to all the different places. And, you know, I had a couple that's had their honeymoon put off. This was the second or third time they tried twice last year and once this year. And then I had a couple that said, we're going, you know, we, we, we feel pretty good about our position. So, 
you know, it just it comes down to vaccination status, passport status and risk assessment. We all, you know, I don't assess clients risk. That's not I'm not an actuary. That's not the business I'm in. You have to look at it, your family and say, you know what, I feel good. I'm safe. Uh, Don't mind or I don't mind taking a little bit of a risk. Um, But it's just it's all over the board with people. Just everybody's got a different comfort level. Definitely. So that kind of segues into my next question here. You're talking a lot about, you know, what you've been advising to your clients and everything. What would your advice be to fellow travel advisors out there looking to maximize what's left of summer here? Get uncomfortable. Sell things you've never sold before. Domestic travel. Um, No, it does not. Look, you're not, nobody's going to get rich renting villas and and houses and, you know, hotels at the beach. I mean, that's not how we build a business, but it does give you some income and it makes, you know, it gives clients comfort level. But, you know, I, I told another advisor the other day, just get a little uncomfortable. I'm not saying that your whole business has to shift to that, but, you know, don't be afraid to take the low hanging fruit, as we say, you know, the, the hotels are easy. Like that's, you know, that's a lot easier than trying to put together a resort and flights and, or a cruise and flights and hotels. If somebody says, I want to go to the Gulf coast, don't turn them away. Just take it, figure it out. You know, there's so many great suppliers out there that help, that will help you that make it easy for you. And just, you know, give your clients that experience. And the, the way, the reason I do that is I figure if I book them for their four day stay in Gulf shores, when they're ready next year, to take that big trip, then I'm, I want to be the first person they call. So I, my advice to advisors is just flexibility. You know, that's, again, that's my word of the year, just, just flexibility. Uh, take some time, learn about some of the close destinations to you and, you know, just help your clients salvage something of a summer vacation. I, here in Memphis, we're running out of time. We go back to school in two weeks. So, you know, you're kind of, we go back August 9th, so you're kind of up against it at this point, but you know, just again, for advisors out there, if maybe new or like me, you know, I'm still new, um, but I just decided, you know, look, I'm going to help my clients have some kind of a vacation this summer. It may not be, again, a world setter with commissions or it may not, you know, tip the scales to grow my business so much. But again, it's just it's about building those relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Relationships are key in this in this business here. And, you know, I think that's a, a, a great piece of advice there is, you know, do what you can and help make these people happy and enjoy a trip now because that can help set up for future business and referrals as well. They can say, you know, Hey, my, my travel agent, John really helped me out in my Gulf stores trip or, you know, my travel agent, um, Rebecca helped me out, whatever your, whatever your name is out there, you know, you just do what you can to, to make the people happy at this point in time. And, you know, they'll, they'll come back, you know, they'll, they'll remember, you know, what you mentioned earlier, John, you know, customer service, you know, we, we've talked about, I've talked about that a, a few times on the show here too, that, that, that is key. So I think we've, we're seeing a lot of road trips too this summer. So a lot of people heading out on their own and kind of try to make it by on their own. So I think if you're an advisor out there, you can help people and, and guide them in the right direction and, and different things and, and offer just offer up advice. You know, they're going to remember that when it's time that they want to go to Europe or they want to go to Asia or, you know, or Antarctica, who, who knows, you know, <laughs> they, well, bucket lists are crazy these days and, and people are definitely thinking about them, whether they may not be able to hit them right now, but they're going to want to hit them in 2022 and 23 and beyond. And, you know, you're going to want them to have your number and, and call you. So, and some of that, you know, kind of ties into what we're seeing some advisors offering uh, or start charging fees, should I say, is that, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you charge fees up front or how does that work for you? And when, what kind of advice would you have for other advisors out there in that realm? I don't currently, um, there are 
we could do a two-hour podcast on that, as you know, in the travel agent industry. It's 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 quite the um, quite the hot button topic right now. Um, I don't personally. I know advisors do. I know advisors that don't. Um, I think you have to know your client base, and I think that's what matters. And you know, if if you are catering to the folks that are spending fifty thousand dollars on vacation, then by all means, charge charge fees. If you're selling Carnival, and I don't mean to pick on Carnival or Royal or Verbos or Airbnbs, then I, I don't know that fees really work for you right now. Um, because I still get the question, Eric, hey, I didn't know travel agents were still a thing. Like I, I hear that once a week on Facebook, um, but that's neither Facebook. So, but yeah, I, you know, I think it, it varies across. Again, you have to know your clients. Um, my plan next year is to charge fees. Uh, because I have now seen the value that I have and I have, what really happens is, right, we get tired of of planning trips and then they go online and they book it with one of the OTAs or they go through mm-hmm. one of the big box stores um, and book it. So those those are the things that really have driven me to want to charge a fee is not so much, yes, I mean, I'm valuable, but not so much that, but more so of all the work that we end up doing for free and what a lot of agents did during this entire pandemic that didn't charge fees is they're on hold with the tour operator for nine and a half hours to process cancellation that they end up getting no commission on. So I, I think that's just what you have to look at your business and your client base and make that determination if fees are right for you. Definitely. Yeah. I think that is one kind of um, unspoken trend, if you will. It's not really talked about too much in the, the um, as far as the consumers realize and everything, like you said, you just had people that didn't were unaware that, you know, agents are still uh, exist and they're out there thriving. A lot of agents are, are you know, especially as the, the travel comeback is slowly but surely going here. Um, more people are relying on advisors. There's, there's data to back that up. So um, if you if you're a regular consumer traveler out there and you don't work with a travel advisor, I definitely recommend that you do going forward and, you know, you have to just be upfront with them. If you're uncomfortable about a fee, then, you know, go try to find someone that doesn't charge a fee and, and they'll, they'll most likely work with you with that. But I think on the advisor side, you know, that's kind of a, a discussion you've got to have with you and your business partners, or if you, if you do it alone and you're independent, you know, talk, reach out to your support group, talk to other advisors out there about what they do, because I think that is um, something we're going to see more of going forward and this uh this summer has kind of changed well last summer and this summer have really kind of changed how a lot of people feel about that so uh, yeah and and one more thing about that i want travel advisors to understand my previous world i was a technology it consultant and our models are are essentially the same with how we worked we were paid commissioned by a supplier and based on what we sold and we have started having the same argument in that group of should we be charging clients fees since we're getting commission or, you know, well, what's the fee really for? So I don't want travel advisors to feel like we're alone in this because it's a discussion across multiple industries right now. And and just, you know, how do we better take care of clients and what is, you know, we're businesses at the end of the day and we're not charities, we're not nonprofits. So you know, we, we've got to make money doing this as well. And the dirty little secret, Eric, as you know, is is whenever a consumer buys a trip, they're paying a commission. And it just uh, it just moves from who it goes to. You know, who who puts that in their pocket. So, you know, yeah, fees. Just just no travel agents. You're not alone. This is a discussion that's going on in pretty much any uh, direct to consumer or business entity out there. Noted. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate you you coming on and, and talking all things travel here and, and, and trending topics and um, summer travel trends as well. So I appreciate it. Where can people uh, find you on social media or get in touch with you if they would like to? 
Sure. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Travel by John M. And I'm at JM Tigers 1974 on Twitter, website travelbyjohn.net. And thanks for having me. Thanks again to John for jumping on today's show. Had a great time talking travel trends and trending news from the last week. So if you'd like to be on the show, you know the podcast email. Drop me in line. Tell me what you're all about and we'll see if we can fit you in there. So next week, hopefully we'll be having a podcast next week coming to you from Carnival's new ship, Carnival Mardi Gras. Going to be on that leave uh, this Saturday, actually. And I'm a full week trip, man. I'm really excited doing ports in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and Nassau, Bahamas. I'm so excited to get back out and cruising again. If you've been cruising, you know, John gave me his tips and advice. I'd love to hear from you as well. If you're going to be on Carnival Mardi Gras, hit me up at Eric Bowman underscore on the social medias and uh, let me know and maybe we can meet up or something and and uh, check out Shaq's new restaurant that's on there or Guy Fieri's restaurant that's on there and Lagasse's restaurant. I'm so excited to eat so much good food and just be back out traveling and cruising again. So we'll see how the Wi-Fi goes. I would love to post a show um, on the ship next week. Uh, If not, then I will uh, just get you the lay of the land coming back once I'm back from that trip. So thank you to everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd hope that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it and uh, leave me some feedback as well. So thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week.